Uh, when we think of the word radical, today we're going to be talking about radical love. We're starting our series, Radical Love, and we're going to be talking about radical love for God. When you think of the word radical, you think about images that come to your mind, right? For some of us from the 80s, we remember the word rad. Right? Totally rad. And, you know, when you think maybe of the word radical, uh, images like this come to your mind, right? Images of, you know, extreme sports. Uh, images of, you know, triathletes or surfers or skateboarders. A lot of times, uh, these type of images don't come to mind. Right? Images of walking. But, you know, according to medical authorities, walking is one of the most profitable forms of physical exercise. I don't know if you knew that. It stimulates the heart and lungs, strengthens the bones, increases, increases the blood flow through the body, and reportedly contributes to the loss of excess weight. So it's a good way to lose weight as well. Because of its multiple values, Americans have been encouraged to leave their cars in the garage and participate more frequently in the exercise of walking. And Americans are doing it, right? Wrong. Wrong. No, they're not. And you know, it's, it's amazing when you go to a different country and you realize how, how dependent we are here to cars and automobiles and compared to other places. Uh, in 2007, we took a group of people, about uh, 15 people here from the Lifeway Ministry, also some from uh, a couple of the other ministries here in Los Angeles, on a uh, mission trip to Moscow, Russia. And it was just really encouraging to be out there, be with the church. What an incredible church we have out there. Being able to visit other places around as well, like Vladimir, Russia, and St. Petersburg. But one of the things that you notice right off the bat is how much people walk. And I'm telling you, we walked. And uh, I remember the place where we were staying, we would stay in different apartments with different brothers and sisters. And we'd say, we're going to meet at this place. And then from there, we're going to walk to the different metro stations, the different subway stations. And I thought, well, you know, maybe someone's going to come pick us up. We're going to walk or or ride together to this metro station. No, we're going to walk together, meet in this one one spot. And then from there, we're going to walk to the subway station. And then we're going to walk again. And when they say walk, it means walk. We're not talking about five minutes here, five minutes there. We're talking about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes walking. And one of the things you realize being around Russians is they they walk fast. The men walk fast and the women walk fast. And the women are in high heels and they are jamming. And, and uh, you know, we're there, of course, we're, we're having a great time uh, uh, being there with the church, but we're also trying to enjoy the sights. And we're, you know, we're walking, we're walking around. And, and, and the couple that's kind of leading us around, uh, they're the church leaders there for the church in, in Moscow. They're looking back at us like, come on, guys, let's go. You're too slow. And no kidding, in those 10 days that I was out there, I lost 10 pounds just from walking. You know, but today we're going to be talking about walking with God. Radical love for God, walking with God. And did you know that the average pair of feet takes 7,000 to 8,000 steps a day? Even here? That's about two and a half uh, million steps a year. It already makes you tired, right, thinking about that. Uh, That means in a lifetime you approximately walk about 115,000 miles. Uh, the first man to walk around the world was a man by the name of David Kunst of Wasika, Minnesota. He completed his historic walk on October 5, 1974 after walking 15,000 miles. The trip required four and one half years, during which time David went through 22 pairs of shoes and wore out two mules. 
At the completion of the historic journey, an auction was held with eager bidders paying $150 for his right shoe, $170 for his left shoe, and $140 for his remaining meal. So we're going to talk about radical love for God or walking with God. You know, God wants us to understand that the Christian life is a walk. It's a journey which requires dedication, courage, and persistence. It calls for self-surrender, a full, fully yielded life, and an intense desire to please God rather than ourselves. You know, the spiritual walk which the Bible talks about, and that's what we see in the Scriptures. That's what God calls us to. He doesn't call us to a religious life. He doesn't call us to a set of religious norms or a set of religious actions or some traditions that we add to our life. He calls us to a lifestyle, a walk, a journey, a a dynamic exercise of faith. And the successful completion of this walk is dependent not only on what's natural or physical resources. It's not just about energy or feeling like I, I can do it or I cannot do it. But upon strength, leadership, and the controlling influence of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to start here in Genesis chapter 5. We're going to learn about a man who is known for walking with God. And many of you guys might have known uh, know about this, this person. His name is Enoch. And, it, and he's one of the descendants of Adam in the book of Genesis. So Genesis chapter 5, and we're going to begin in verse 21 through verse 24. Genesis 5, verse 21 through 24. It says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. So he was a young father. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more. Because God took him away. And it's really one of the incredible, remarkable passages of Scripture. As the, the, you know, the writer of Genesis details the genealogy after Adam. And the different people, descendants after Adam. He comes upon this descendant named Enoch. And what we know about him is that after he had his son at the young age of 65 years old, that he walked faithfully with God. And there was a moment when, in that faithful walk with God, at 365 years of age, God just said, you know what, I'm just going to take him up to heaven with me. And he was no more. And God takes him up. And you can envision, maybe, you know, Enoch walking so closely with God, walking with God, and maybe being on a prayer walk with God, and God was enjoying it so much... That God just said, you know what, I'm going to spare you from death. I'm going to spare you from old age. I'm going to spare you from suffering. I'm going to spare you from this judgment that's to come with the flood. And why don't you just come up to heaven with me now? Let's just skip all the formalities and just come with me because he has such an intimate and close relationship with God. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him Away, So he was taken up by God at the early young age of 365 years. You know, imagine as a young man or woman being taken up by God because you're so close to God. You're saying, well, 365, that's not young. Well, you got to look at it in comparison of all his contemporaries. That was actually really young. In fact, and this is a stark contrast because his dad 
and his son are the oldest recording living men in the entire Bible. His dad lived to 962 years. And his son, Methuselah, is the longest living man recording the Bible. How many years is that? 969 years. So his son, so he had good genes, right? His son lived to 969. His dad lived to 962. So you would imagine, he, he was only a third of the way of his life lived when God said, why don't you come up and be with me? You know, I'm enjoying this, this relationship with you so much. Why don't you come up and live with me? See, when we think about radical love for God, a lot of times maybe those images come of, uh, of those radical things and, 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 and kind of X-game type of spiritual life. But for God, radical love is just a faithful, consistent walk with Him. In Micah 6 verse 8, really one of my favorite scriptures is what it says in Micah 6 verse 8. Yes, He has shown you a mortal. It's all of us. What is good and what does the Lord require of you? He says to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So this is really what I ask of you. This is really what I want. I mean, if I could just boil down what I want from you is justice, mercy, and just walk with me. Just walk with me. Just be with me. You know, if we think about the end of our days when, uh, you know, maybe there's a tombstone put above our grave. What would we want to be said about us? You know, I would love it to be said that, you know, Raphael walked with God and then he was no more. Because God took him away. But during his life, his years in life, he walked with God. See, a lot of times we think of, oh, you know... Maybe this radical thing that is done or this incredible feat that is accomplished. But for God, being radical is just simply walking consistently with Him. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 30 to 31, I love this scripture as well. It says, even youths grow tired. Right? I'm looking down at some of the youths down right here. And some of you guys look tired. Oh. You look tired. I don't know why you're tired because there was no school yesterday. Maybe you're staying up a little too late. But even you grow tired. And weary. And young men stumble and fall. Even young men fall sometimes. It says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You know, spiritually, in our spiritual walk, when you decide to follow Jesus, when you... Decide to, to be guided by God in your life. There's going to be times where you're going to be flying. My experience is those times are not that many, but there will be some times where you just feel like flying, right? Like, wow, great things are happening. I remember after my son Daniel was baptized, I felt like I was flying spiritually. You know, or the, the day of my wedding, I felt like, wow, I was flying spiritually. You know, there's other times when you're running, when you're actually, you know, jamming, you're, you know, you're doing great things and you're, you're working hard. But my experience is most of my life with God is walking. Is I'm walking. I'm just putting one foot forward in front of the other. Just moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. And that's the majority of our life with God. And it, and it says that with God, we're going to walk and not be faint. 
We're not, get, we're not going to get tired of walking. Because we're walking with God. Amen? In Amos chapter 3 and verse 3, we see a, an interesting scripture uh, about walking. And, he, and it says, and Amos asked this question in the middle of you know, uh, the different rebukes to the nations. And he says, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? Or in other words, can two people walk if they hadn't decided to walk together? You know, you, you're not just like walking along and all of a sudden it's like, oh hey, there's someone else right here with me. I guess we're walking together. What the Bible says is for there to be two people walking together, there has to be an agreement. There has to be a decision made, we're going to walk together, right? There's got to be a mutual desire, right? And the incredible thing is, God desires to walk with us. He has decided to walk with us. He agrees with walking with us. But really, the onus is on us to also agree, to also decide, to also desire to walk with God because do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? The answer is no. They must both agree and make a decision and a, and a mutual desire to walk. You know, the phrase in the original Hebrew, walk together, implies being aligned, being in agreement, or being synchronized. It's like the idea of, of a, uh, a tandem bicycle. Have you guys ever seen those tandem bicycles? Where you get two people riding along. You know, you, you both got to be kind of going, uh, doing the, uh, uh, moving the pedals in the same, you know, uh, with the same uh, speed, right? You can't be one doing faster than the other unless one kind of takes their foot off the pedals. Unless the other person do all the work. So like, it's like a tandem bicycle. This, this is the idea that both are, are in sync. Both are, are aligned. Both are doing it together. It's like, have you ever seen an older couple? Uh, they've been married for 30, 40 years who are incredible dancers. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? I remember going to, you know, uh, one of the most uh, popular dances for, for, uh, in, in, in Latin America is salsa. Right? And there's some salsa dances, right? And, you, you, you know, you kind of go out, especially there's a party, and you see some of the young people dancing salsa, and they're all, you know, doing all this stuff, and, you know, doing all this, and spinning, and, you know, all this stuff. And, and then you see this older couple just kind of like floating, you know? They're moving smooth. They're floating. It's like they both know what each is going to do. And you're thinking, wow, I mean, that's incredible. Those guys are awesome dancers. But why? Because they're in sync. And when we think about walking together and this idea of being in sync, it's not about God being in sync with us. It's about us being in sync with God. Being in such close proximity to God that we have an intimacy with Him. And we know which way He's going to move when He dances. We know what He wants from us. We know what He desires from us. We are actually moved to live differently because He is near us. That's what it means to walk together with God. You know, there's an intimacy in walking together. Isn't it? It's kind of cool if you're a married couple to go on a walk with your, with your spouse. It's a cool thing. Taking a walk or a hike with your kids. Why is there an intimacy in walking together? You know, you're in close proximity when you're walking together. You talk. 
you laugh, you listen. Usually one person is doing all the talking and another person is doing all the listening. Right? Maybe it switches back and forth. You share your hearts when you're walking. Your attention is focused on this person to the exclusion of almost everything else. You notice the beauty around you or an occasional distraction, but only to a point, to the point, to point it out to your companion. You share it together. You're in harmony. You both enjoy the peaceful camaraderie. You know, there's an incredible intimacy in walking with someone else. But there's an incredible intimacy in walking with God. You're sharing with God. You, you, you are in companionship with Him. And yeah, in some moments you might be a little distracted, but in those moments you point things out to God. You're, you're walking with God. You're, you're in sync with God. You know, the first thing we've got to understand is walking with God means you're actually walking with God. You think, wow, that's really deep, Raphael. I mean, I hope it really gets deeper than that. But think about that. Walking with God means you're actually walking with God. God, the creator of the entire universe. God Almighty. God who knew you before you were even born. God who knows the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. All-powerful, almighty, all-loving. You get to walk with God. Can you believe it? I mean, can you believe it? I mean, that's just incredible. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Have you ever been around someone famous? Some of you have, some of you haven't. You know, uh, you know, some people are, are different around famous people. I had a roommate, like, every famous person they saw, if they, they felt like they were more famous. You know, just because they saw the famous person, right? It's like, no, just because you see someone famous doesn't make you famous, right? But yeah, he felt that way, you know? He felt like, oh, wait, I saw so-and-so, and, and I saw Tom Selleck, you know, and, and all these things. And I remember that there was people that, you know, I saw them, they were famous, and I, I just wasn't impressed. I was like... Alright, so they're famous. I kind of went out of my way to not pay attention to them. Have you ever done that? Yes. You're like, I, I don't want to, you know, I'm just, you know, pretend they're not even there. But there are certain people that you see and you're like, whoa, I can't pretend with this one right here. You know, like Magic Johnson. You know, if I see Magic Johnson, I'm thinking, man, that's Magic Johnson. Wow! It's incredible, Right? Have you ever been around someone that calls you higher? Just being around the person kind of makes you feel like, oh man, I've got to get my act together. Man, I've you know, I I, I got to be better. I just, you know. Because they call you higher. They, they, they're, they're, they're walking in a way that makes you want to imitate, wants you to do more with your, all, with, with your, with your life. You know, God Almighty, the creator of the universe... Walking with Him means you're actually walking with Him. I mean, what an incredible privilege. You know, some of us might get geeked out by some celebrity. We need to get geeked out about God. Or we just, wow! I mean, I get to be with God! How excited are you about the opportunity to walk with God? You know, I love this scripture. In 1 John 3, 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us? That we should be called children of God. 
And that is what we are. I mean, even the writer is like, hey guys, you guys see? I mean, think about it, guys. I mean, we're called children of God. I mean, think about how much love that is. Wow! And that's who we are. He like repeats it. Can you believe it? That's who we are. What, what, what do you think about when you think of the word lavished? What do you think about? Yeah. Way more than is required. More than is required. Good. What do you think about when the word lavished? Yeah. Poured on. Poured on. Okay, good. Like an indulgence type of thing. Okay. Lavish. What do you think about lavish? Niagara Falls. What's that? Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls, okay. Luxury, luxury rising of lavish luxury rising of all the, the lavish luxury. You know what I think about? Is like lavish, you know, just lotion. <laughs> just, you know, just lotioning yourself lavishly. I, I don't know why, I just thought lotion. Maybe some commercial that I saw when I was a lot younger, I don't know. But I just thought lavish and I just thought, man, just lotion. Just be all full of lotion. You know? But it it, kind of gives you the idea. I mean, you are just like smeared with lavishness of the love of God. Why? Because we are called children of God. You guys remember when you had, you know, those of us who are parents, when your your kid, your your uh, your your children were little babies. Remember putting lotion on your baby. Remember how slippery they were. They're like, like slippery little pigs, right? They're like... <laughs> I, just, I just think about that. Oh, we're children of God and God just kind of like... Just lotions, you know... Like we're like slippery little pigs, you know? Because God is just loving us so much. So one of the things we got to see is that walking with God means you're actually walking with God. Walking with God means you enjoy His comfort and His protection. You know, I love this passage in Psalm 91. It says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You know, walking with God means you enjoy His comfort and His protection. Have you ever been around someone that makes you feel safer? I mean, just being around that person makes you feel safer, right? Have you ever been around someone that makes you feel cared for? You just feel cared for. You know, I remember going to my grandma's house, I just felt cared for. My mom would tell me, hey, when you go to grandma's house, don't you be asking for any food. If you're hungry, eat right now. I'm like, no, I'm not hungry. Don't worry, Mom. I won't ask, ask for food. And as soon as I got to my grandma's house, Abuelita, quiero un taco. <laughs> Can I have a taco? And, and my grandma like, oh, sure, honey. And she would make the best tacos. She would actually get some, uh, some fresh dough or, or fresh masa. Fresh, uh, uh, what do you call it in English? Uh, tortilla masa. Masa. So she would get some fresh masa. I mean, right there. She'd pull it out, make it fresh masa. And she would just, you know, prepare it and, and kind of warm it up on a skillet. Just warm it up on a skillet. Just to kind of cook it, cook it around, you know. And, and then she would put salt on it and she would give me that. Ah, oh, it was the best. But I just felt cared for. 
You know, and, and, and being around someone that you feel cared for is awesome, right? Yeah. Have you ever been around someone that just makes you feel loved? Just makes you feel loved. Makes you feel special. You know, for some of us, maybe you, you look back to your childhood for some of these, you know. But the reality is you have this with God. No one will ever make you feel safer. No one will be able to make you feel more cared for. And no one will ever make you feel more loved than God. And if you're searching for that in the world, if you're going around trying to find someone that will make you feel protected, find someone that will make you feel comforted, or find someone that will make you feel loved, you're going to be disappointed. You are. Now, there will be people that will love you and care for you. I'm not saying that's not going to happen. But there's no one even going to come close to loving, caring, or protecting you than God. No one. No one. And, you know, that, that's, that is a sad thing sometimes of young people, you know. Because young, young people, that's why they call it young love, right? Puppy love. Because you're kind of looking around and like you, you, you feel something for somebody and your heart kind of palpitates and you get excited, you know, and you're like, oh, I really love this person. And, and this person is, is just going to be my everything, my all. And, and, you know, if your parents are against you, that's even better. Everyone's against us. And we're, you know, wow, it's just us against the world, you know. And no one understands our relationship and our relationship's going to change everything. Right? And then, and then you live life. I mean, talk about a big letdown. I mean, you're like way up there. And you're like, man, what happened? Maybe this is not the one. Maybe there's another one. And you go and you search. And no, maybe it's another one. And maybe it's another one. And maybe it's another one. Let me tell you, it's no one. It's you. You got to change and get your ultimate security and love from God. Until you do that, you're not going to be complete. If you haven't done that, you're incomplete. You're kind of like the, those old Clamato uh, commercials, you know, V8 commercials. You're kind of walking crooked. You're just incomplete. You're not, you're not, you haven't gotten it yet. Your reason for living and being, you have not attained it yet. Because you could only do that when you understand that God, only God means you, you enjoy His comfort and His protection. I mean, when we mean God comforts you, God comforts you. When we say God protects you, God protects you. There's nothing that can protect you like God. You know, I love that. I mean, He's my refuge and my fortress. I mean, you just kind of feel like, man, they, 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 they built around me in a way that, man, nothing can get to me. Nothing can get to me. Why? Because God, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my shelter in the Most High. You know, I'm like in that eagle's nest. Away from any harm with God. Amen? Amen. You know, walking with God means that you embark on a lifelong faith journey. Walking with God means that you embark on a lifelong faith journey. It means you live differently. 
It means that it's actually a lifestyle. It's not something you just do for moments. It's something you do for the rest of your life. You know, the Bible talks a little bit more about Enoch in the book of Hebrews. Kind of Hebrews chapter 11 is the big hall of fame of faith. Mentions a lot of the great faithful people of the past as examples of faith for all of us and for all the Hebrew readers and listeners. And in Hebrews 11, 5 through 6, it says, By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. I mean, that's pretty cool. He could not be found. I mean, you can imagine they were just looking for him. Where is Enoch? Where is he? He's not here. He was taken. He was commended as one who... uh, uh, He cannot be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. And He's kind of describing a little bit more about why God took Enoch up to heaven with Him. Is that Enoch's walk with God, the way he walked his life, pleased God. And then the writer of Hebrews goes on to say, hey, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't please God if you don't live by faith. You know, walking with God means that now you live a life that pleases God. It means that you're different from the world. That's what it means. You know, the Bible does talk about, uh, in many scriptures, about walking in the ways of the world. And how we can either choose to walk with God or we can walk in the ways of this world. It also talks about walking in the darkness or walking in the light. And walking with God is walking in the light. Walking in the ways of the world is walking in the darkness. And so walking with God means that we live a life that pleases Him. And the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to do that. You can't please God if you don't live by faith. And so the greatest proof that we walk with God is that we're walking by faith and not by sight. You can go, you know, how do I know if I'm walking with God? How do I know that? What does it mean? That means I, I read my Bible every day? That means I pray every day? Yeah, you should be doing that. What does it mean, I, you know, I, I, I have a, a, a relationship where someone else is helping me out on a weekly basis? Yeah, you should be doing that. Does it mean I, I meet with my small group, you know, every week? Yeah, you should be doing that. But really, it's much more than that. It's much more about even what's inside of you. Are you walking by faith in your spiritual walk? Amen. Are you walking by faith in your relationships? Are you trusting God in your relationships if you're a single person? Or for all of us, do you have relationships that help you be faithful to God? That encourage you to be faithful to God? Do you have those relationships around you? Are you walking by faith or by sight? And you know, some people might say, you know, Raphael, I don't really need that. I'm so faithful, I don't need relationships that help me in my faith. You're in trouble. That's what you are. You're comfortable. See, because faith, walk, is uncomfortable many times. Are you faithful in your marriage and your family? 
Are you putting up your marriage to God? Are you putting up your family to God? Are you trusting God in your marriage and your family? Are you just absolutely trusting Him? Saying, you know, God, you take this. You're in control here. Or are we more like the world? How about in your professional life? Are you living by faith in your professional life? Are you being a light? Are you being an example? Are you being different? You know, all of us in our professional walk, we should be excelling. We should be excellent. In our jobs, we should be excellent. We should not be late. We should not be irresponsible. We should be an incredible example. Why? Because we're walking by faith and not by sight. What about in in our personal character? Are you walking with faith in your personal character? You know, uh, just recently, uh, we're very excited. This next upcoming month, uh, we've been, uh, you know, working hard on getting a couple to come out to uh, work in our campus ministry, uh, leading the USC campus ministry, Cal State LA campus ministry. Uh, we've been looking around, interviewing, and, uh, you know, we're excited that this next month, uh, Tiffany and Jacob Ardron are going to be coming uh, to help lead the campus ministry out here uh, in Lifeway Ministry, which we're very excited about that. Uh, we're, of course, very grateful for all the work that Tariq has done and uh, love him very much and want him to stick around. Uh, but he's actually gotten another job. And we're going to mention that uh, on Wednesday night as well. Uh, but he's actually going to start working starting in April 1st, uh, leading the campus ministry in Santa Barbara, UC Santa Barbara, which will be really awesome. He's going to do a great job. You know, but uh, when we were talking to Tiffany and Jacob about coming out here, uh, you know, first we had told them, hey guys, you know, you know we're going to be able to hire you guys. Uh, the church is, you know, our giving is in a good spot. We feel like we can do this. We can hire you. Uh, and, uh, you know, January looked great as far as our giving. And then February came along. And it seems like a lot of people stopped giving or started missing their contribution or, or changed their contribution. But the, the contribution just went down in February. A lot of people were just, you know, and so we were kind of thinking through, can we even do this? Can we bring this couple over? You know, we, they just got married at the end of January. They're brand new married. You know, they're, they're thinking, okay, we're going to L.A. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Uh, they're so excited about coming to the USC campus ministry. They love the campus ministry. They love Lifeway. And then, uh, you know, it just looked like, man, you know, I mean, the weeks went through and, you know, the contribution of the first week wasn't that good and the, the, the offering on the next week wasn't that good either and, so, uh, you know, we had to give him a call and let him know, you know what, we're going to take a step of faith uh, to bring you guys out here, but we're only going to be able to hire Jacob and not Tiffany. So, uh, Tiffany, you're going to have to leave your family out in New York, uh, your spiritual family out in New York, and you've got to come out here and, and get a job and, you know, and work in the ministry. You've got to have to support yourself in the ministry. And I was just so proud of their response. You know, they were like, you know what? If that's what we need to do, we're 100% for it. We want to be in the USC campus ministry. We want to be in the Lifeway uh, church. We want to be with you guys. We want to be in the ministry. We, we want to be there. Uh, please ask around, see if anybody could, could give me a job. That's what Tiffany said. You know, but it was just sort of a step of faith to come all the way from 4,000 miles away, all the way to, you know, another church, another state, all the way on the other coast. Just trusting God. Hey, you know, God's going to be with us. God's going to take care of us. All we, all we know is we want to work for God. We want to do what God wants. Amen? And, you know, we all need to have that type of spirit, that type of heart. So this morning, you know, radical love. And maybe radical, you're thinking of all these radical things. 
But God says, you know, just walk with me. Just walk with me. Just walk along with me. Just be with me. And do this consistently. And that's what it means to have a radical love for God. Amen? May God bless you all. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Amen.